Okay. Um, you guys, today I have one of my dearest and oldest kids yoga friends. The, how, do, do you call yourself the godmother of modern kids yoga? The, the fairy godmother of kids yoga? Do you have, do you title yourself, Joe? <laughs> I don't, but when I actually, when I, that's a great question because when I think of the godmothers, I actually think of like Marcia Wenig and yeah. Dr. Clark Paulsa, right? So some of them. So I would say maybe I'm, I'm a mother. An auntie, like a, like auntie. you're just one of the elders. Like you're the wise elder who has been doing this work, um, for so long and your business and company next generation yoga, which we're going to dive into all of that today, the ebbs and flows and evolutions. But I invited Jody, this is Jody Commoner, and I invited her on to chat because Jody and I, I don't think we've ever had like a shallow conversation. <laughs> like, true. We don't, know I, how. we don't know how. So when we see each other, we just like go right for it. How are you? Well, I'm, here's what I'm dealing with. What are you dealing with? And that energy is what this podcast is all about is having honest conversations um, about a real ass life is what I would say. The stuff that's really going on and what is going on behind the scenes and what kind of work we have to do. Um, and we want to do, it's not have to, it's like so delicious. Um, and so Jody is to me, one of these amazing women who shares herself so beautifully and openly and honestly, and, um, and really goes through the process, uh, with all of her friends and family and support. So thank you, Jody, for everything that you've done and do in the world. Thank you, Pleasance. I so appreciate that introduction <laughs> and acknowledgement. Like, right back at you, sister. Mm. Um, so tell us a little bit about where you are now and, and in terms of the work that you're doing and how it connects to what you've been doing and where you think you're going. So as much right. as you want to share within that world, which I know it's a lot, so. Yeah, 21 <laughs> years worth. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm currently am living in the Bay Area in Oakland, and I am the CEO of Next Generation Yoga and the founder of a 21-year-old kids and family yoga company that I started on the East Coast in New York City mm -hmm. out of my um, apartment. Um, it's great to know that I've actually consistently been able to work from my apartment for 21 years. And um, yeah, so for 21 years, I've done everything from teaching 25 kids and family yoga classes a week to leading a next generation yoga teacher training every month in a different city. So traveling a ton to um, managing our uh, next generation yoga teacher trainers to developing okay. curriculum and having licensees. Um, so we have next generation yoga teachers around the world as well. And I've done videos and been on TV. So I've done a lot in the kids yoga world. Um, mm -hmm. Often like to like pat myself on the back saying like I've actually done, I mean, I'm like, what else am I missing? You know, what didn't I hit? And um, so it's been a, a wonderful, amazing, blessed journey that I've really actually just really just followed my heart and and like attuned to the community of like what do they want what's 
what's next. And so mm-hmm. um, I have zero background in business and marketing. I mean, when I started NGY 21 years, I was, you know, former special education teacher in New York mm-hmm. City school system. So like, just really like listen to what was my passion. And that's definitely been a thread that I've followed over the years. And, you know, to sort of make it a shorter version of the story. I'd say about six years ago, I was attuning to our kids yoga community and listening to their need and desire and want for support in the, um, in the business side of things. And Mm -hmm. I remember I was like at a, um, a workshop, a business workshop in San Francisco. And I remember it was like right around tax season. And I was like looking at my tax return. Like I just got my numbers on my iPhone. And I was like, oh, I'm actually, I've been making six figures for like almost the last 10 years at this time. And I was like, I think I have something to teach other people. Yeah. <laughs> from, right. I was like, from there, yes. I was like listening to what is like, what are, what does our community want and need? Like they were asking me for it. And so, and then I realized I got like, there. I'm like, Oh, I have something actually. I, I really should, should follow this. And so um, about six years ago, I, um, I developed this micro niche called the biz of kids yoga. And it's, you know, it's an arm of next generation yoga because mm-hmm. a lot of our community just funnels into the Biz of Kids Yoga world. And basically it's a, um, it's a community of committed kids yoga entrepreneurs who are really dedicated to the business side mm-hmm. of things. I mean, yep. they definitely love teaching, but they, <clears throat> they also recognize they're like, actually, I want to make a living doing it. Yes. Right? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So they just have this like, this I there's I their eyes are open to like actually mm-hmm. like I want to teach but like I also know that there's other things here like I need to pay attention to my finances I need to actually be visible I need to actually get support and so I've been doing like I said for the past six years private mentorship forward slash coaching however mm-hmm. you choose to see that mentoring <laughs> coaching facilitating consulting guiding all these words. <laughs> It's so good. It's so good. And then, yeah, so then I offer a group live course that I teach. Um, then I've written some ebooks. And yeah, so fast forward, right? 21 years later, you know, creating this, um, how do you call it? An empire of kids yoga with Next Generation Yoga, plus doing more of the mentorship. Um, you know, here we are. It's 2018. We're all, as you know, presence, and I'm sure many of the listeners get, like, we're all just waking up to, like, really our truest passion and purpose and, you yeah. know, no longer allowing for things that are, like, that aren't in our highest to exist in our life. And sometimes that's really hard to, to look at and to, mm-hmm. um, to listen to. And so, um, I've been listening. <laughs> I've chosen mm-hmm. to listen. It wasn't always easy, but I got this like I got the the like tap on the shoulder. Like I think it's time for something new. Mm-hmm. I think it's time to turn the page of the of the the kids yoga book. And so um, and so just you know several weeks ago, uh, about three I think it was, I made this grand announcement that I was putting 
next generation yoga up for sale and that I'm looking for a new leader or such leaders to take this company that I have brought to like this amazing place, but to take it to the next level. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's where I am. And, <laughs> and I think you were also curious about what's next. And I actually, you know, that's like the quick answer. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And it, that's such a hard you know, know, question or answer yes. for people to hear because people want to know. It's like you get, you know, yeah. you get engaged. You're like, when are you getting married? Or, you know, you write a book and you're like, when's the next book coming out? It's like, truthfully, like, I'm just stepping into the mystery of life right now and yeah. saying the I don't know. Yeah. Well, and one of the things that's super annoying that I just did to you that people did to me when I decided to close the studio was, you know, I would say, sort of very similar to what you said. I did this thing. I totally loved it. And I'm feeling a desire to do something else in it for a number of reasons, you know, a, a number of ways because of just a whole bunch of things. And I really was in the presence of that and feeling it and moving through it. And everybody kept saying, we can't wait to see what you do next. Yeah. What's next? Yeah. What's next? And that felt suffocating. It felt overwhelming. It felt like I'm still in this transition and I was in a big grieving process of this thing that I love. It's I felt confused and I really, I really wanted to hold both at once. I love little Om. I love this studio. I love these families, period. I want something else. I'm moving in a new direction. This feels awesome. Mm-hmm. And like doing both at once is just so something feeling both at once is something our culture and our society, like we don't usually talk about and wrap our heads around. So yeah. when people kept asking me what was next, Oh, I would get frustrated. Um, so I'm sorry that I did that to you and put that in. Yeah, there. No, that's, I mean, <laughs> like that, that's the thing is like, it's so human to do that. Cause we do want to know, cause there's also love and care in there, you know? And there's like, that thing is like, whatever you do next is going to be amazing. But I love your naming of like, I'm actually in both right now. Yes. And one of the things I felt is like, and I love that you're, you know, mentioned grief because that's very real as well. But like, one of the things that I noticed was coming up for me is as I was receiving all the, the emails, texts, Facebook messages, mm-hmm. but all the things of people mm-hmm. responding, which was, I know in their heart, so full of love and good intention the same time I noticed, I was like, wow, it feels like there's, I mean, there's this part of me that, that they see is dying. And, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, I guess that's true. There is this part of me that I'm putting, you know, mm-hmm. to rest. Mm-hmm. And I've actually never mm-hmm. named that so clearly, but it's like, I'm like, but I'm still here. Like, mm-hmm. I'm very much like dedicated, committed to next generation yoga and like not going anywhere until, you know, I have gracefully transitioned the organization into someone else's hands. So it was like that part mm-hmm. of like, I'm here. I'm doing both. Yes. We see that. Well, and people, here was the other thing that was really interesting. I don't know if you felt this or seen this yet either, is that people would say, Oh, are you okay? You know, they would like, they would be like worried about me. And one of the things that I would say, or that I really did feel was that this was my practice evolving. You want to talk about yoga showing up in your life or mindfulness or awareness or spiritual evolution 
it was this, it was letting go. It was the ultimate letting go and exactly where you are of something successful, something mm -hmm. that's working, something that's multiple six figures, something yeah. that quote unquote, everybody else wants. And yeah. yet this decision to move away from something successful, people, um, were really put a lot of that onto me. Are you okay? Do you want me to help you with this? You know, and I would look at them and sort of hold their hands and say, and like with tears, and I would be like, I am good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not afraid, you know? Yeah, I mean, all of that. <laughs> Somebody asked me if like my health was okay. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, yeah, like this is like your thing. Like this is yoga. Yeah. This is like the evolution, yeah. the personal growth that like, yes people like you and, and myself are just not willing to accept the, like, the ordinary, right? Oh, no. <laughs> I always say, I wish I could be a muggle, right? Like, I, I'm not, and it's not, I'm not going to ever, nor have I ever been someone who cannot ask the big questions, not go to the hard places, not keep changing, growing, evolving. Like I'm not going to be the person who, you know, has a nine to five and veggies out on Netflix every day. There's absolutely positively nothing wrong with it. And there are times in my life when I wish I could be like that because this doing the work over and over, like I don't have my numb out strategies are journaling. Like that's not <laughs> numbing out. Like more. Awesome. And sometimes I'm like, I wish I could just be a compulsive shopper. <laughs> like something normal. Give me something, right? <laughs> Stop totally. asking the big questions in life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So intense. Once you wake up, there's no going back to sleep. There's no going back. So tell okay, so I want to dig into this process a little bit. When did you know? Um, I'm so curious about timeline because I think this is another area where people don't necessarily see all the behind the scenes. Like I wrote about in my book that it was probably 18 months before I actually closed Little Ohm or made the decision where the hit, the tap on the shoulder, the hit, the wave, the divine intuition said, close the studio. But it was yeah. 18 months later when all these little actions. So tell me a little bit about the process of evolving and changing and transforming and what that looked like for you, how you nurtured it. <laughs> My goodness. Um, this is, it's fun. <laughs> it's actually, it's fun. Also, it's scary because I think for actually a long time, the voice was there, but I wouldn't listen. Yes. I mean, I remember it was like creeping up and I'd be like, go away. Like, yes. I don't even, I mean, this was probably a couple of years ago. Um, and for, for many um, years, like probably, you know, like three years ago, like when I heard this thought and I actually like, remember like, you know, my dad has been such a confidant to me and such a, you know, a mentor and he's been there from the very beginning. I remember walking with him around on Thanksgiving in Portland and, and letting him know, like I had this thought that, you know, kept, like it was, it was like the first time I actually voiced it. And I'll tell you what, I could not even voice it without crying. Cause like no. that, I mean, this is, you know, this is all I've done with my life. So it was like, what else could I do? And I just spiraled down this low self-esteem place of like, I don't have any other skill set. Like, I don't think I could mm -hmm. do anything else. And then, you know, ultimately, and probably like in the last year and a half, I really seemed like, you know, I've like really, like actually got empowered about was like wow actually like change is good and you know and I was able to start talking about it from a more empowered place um 
of course, mm-hmm. you know, talking about it, like with my business coach or my family. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, you know, probably within like, you know, the last year or so, like I've just really been way more comfortable with it and, mm-hmm. you know, had some more excitement mm-hmm. around it and like the possibilities of like, what is that? Even I have no idea what they are. Um, just like, you know, sort of playing around it. So, I mean, that's been a really interesting thing of going from like the real darkness to seeing like the, the, the possibility. Mm-hmm. Well, and I also, I also know in my process is that I listen to, because I think sort of, and I might be the same for you, it might be different, but in terms of law of attraction is that once that hit comes then I start to attract, whether it's conscious or subconscious, um, stories of other women who did that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that was what I started reading and seeing everywhere was, oh, this woman evolved and this woman changed. And look at the yoga industry in general for studio-based, you know, that I went to a mind-body conference and, oh man, studios were in crisis. And I looked yeah. around the room and thought, why am I here? Like, I, these yeah. are not my people anymore. I'm not, you know. So sort of yeah. it was one by one. And I was reading this book. I write about it in like the first part of my book is Chrissy Carter, Christine Carter um, from Berkeley, from the Wellbeing Center there, wrote about in the first chapter of her book, um, getting really sick and having to be hospitalized and loving it and being like, I'm so happy to rest and being so sad because she was a doctor of like a researcher for wellness and well-being. And ran a whole center. She loved, 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 loved her work. But she was exhausted. And she had put everyone else first. And so going to the hospital was this wake-up moment when when she was honest with herself and said, this is amazing. She realized, whoa, something is wrong. Something's not right here. And when I read that, Jody, I started hysterical crying. Mm. Because when I heard her say she was in the hospital... I had like, I want that too. Like, this is the only way out. Yeah. Yeah. And those are those little hits. And that was 18 months before I pulled the trigger. So like I say that it takes, it can take time, but the listening for the tears, like how you said you were crying when you were walking and talking to your family about it. That was the same thing. Mel and I were standing in the kitchen and he said, Plez, I think it's, I think you should close the studio. You're, you're, look at you. And I was like, no, I cannot. I mean, I like full rage at him. Mm -hmm. And I was just, then later I said, oh, that might've been like an opportunity to listen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I love also like what you said about like, you know, hearing Christine Carter's story and saying, I want that, you know, like those I feel like the subtle signs of intuition, like when we see someone else, like I I definitely got this, even with you, Pleasance, by the way, like you're one of those people who I've witnessed transform and I'm like, I want that, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's like those, like when we see, and I remember here's another like off the topic conversation, but I remember like when I was in a relationship with someone and I was like hearing about other people like getting out of this relationship that they were in. <laughs> and I was like, I want that. And so it's kind of like, those are like subtle. I feel like when we hear ourselves saying like, I want that for myself. Like that's like, you know, grace nudging and saying, you know, Hey, you can have that too. 
Totally. And listening for it and looking at it as a good part of, of, of like evolving rather than fear. And I think that is a very practical way. You know, people always say like live from love, not fear. Um, that's a practical way to do it is to listen and trust and love yourself enough to trust yourself. Like, look at this, look at what I can do, look at what I have done and how do I bring those skills into the next version? Um, which I think is just so much fun. It's, it's so much, and it's exactly what you were talking about when you said you didn't consider yourself a business coach until you realized you'd had this very successful business for a long time and then thought, why is everyone in the yoga world in scarcity mindset? Let me help them, (laughs) you know, and really, and that alone, I mean, that branch of your business I just, I know so many people who've been in that cohort with you. And every time I hear what you teach, I did some of that work with you. Now that I remember, I think I had just had a baby or was about to, my dog's barking. Um, but, uh, is that I, I remember laying in bed and going through those modules. So I must've been really pregnant or had a newborn. Um, but I feel like it's such an important and in the work that you were doing with the yoga community, especially the kids yoga community yeah, totally. around business is huge. Totally. Um, do you feel inspired to do more of that business coaching work? Do you think like when you think about what really lights you up these days, do you know where you, what you're interested in like learning and teaching? What are you studying? Yeah. So I definitely, I mean, a lot interests me um, in terms of like people have asked me like, will I continue on with, um, coaching with yeah. you know, kids yoga. And so like, here we are, it's September, what is it? 13th. And like right now, everything is business as usual. Like I'm still taking on new clients. I'm still CEOing next generation yoga. Like nothing has changed, right? Because there's nothing has changed. Um, and so I am so in love with the mentorship that I get to do with people, um, with kids yoga teachers specifically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think I'm real, I never went to coaching school. Like right. I've done a, you know, a ton of my own. Um, I've been coached my like whole career. I've, you know, done a ton of personal and professional growth work. Yeah, yeah. Um, and at the same time, um, you know, I feel like I'm, I have people just say to me, like, you're so naturally gifted at what you do. And so, mm-hmm. um, I do love it. And I'm just going to like say it like, just like, I don't know. I honestly yeah, yeah, don't yeah. know where I'm going to be for a year from now. And, and truthfully, what I do know is that um, I just need to clear a little space. Yeah, um, of course. So that I can, so that I can, you know, I mean, just to, to get clear on what is the next thing. Um, so yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, there's no way. I'll say too, is that when I was in that don't know, I needed things to settle phase is that what ended up happening over the past two and a half years, almost three years now, because I closed the studio at the end of um, 2015, I guess. Um, Yeah. yeah. Um, Is that my love, like deep, deep, profound love story with Ayurveda started when I closed the Mm -hmm. studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, I finally had time and a, and a maturity and an, and a, um, an openness to really understand the teachings and to study them in ways I hadn't before and to integrate in ways that I didn't before. And um, next year, I'm going to Ayurveda school for the year just, to, just for passion and interest, just for inquiry, awesome. not, 
not because I want to start a clinical practice, not because I want to, not for any reason other than, oh, it just feel, it just resonates. It vibrates. It's like, yes, yes, yes. Um, and I would not have known that, you know, those weeks when I was closing or making the decision, it took almost three years to really say what, what's the deeper level of, um, learning and teaching and studying because you and I are, we're lifelong learners and we're always going to be into things (laughs) and learning and studying. Um, and so I think, yeah, that space and not knowing is really normal. (laughs) Thank you. I so appreciate that. (laughs) So normal. What do you do? What is your, um, your personal like self-care and soul care routines and practices like? Mm, Are they like, yeah. Yeah. So to me, um, self-care is, is like a, a way of being. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I do have like the obvious ones. Like I have a morning practice, you know, mm-hmm. where I sit in meditation, I sit my tea and, and look out the window in silence. And then I roll around on my mat. And um, so like I have things that I do. Um, but really like, I mean, and then there's like, you know, the way of being, there's the lifestyle of like, clean food drink you know is like mm-hmm. organic food I eat a really healthy mindful diet I bless mm-hmm. my food for each meal um I go away you know I'll just go to the hot springs for 24 48 hours so like I do I, I feel like I take really good care of myself mm-hmm. um and like I mean including good sleep and mm-hmm. like then it's like you know, who am I, like, who are my relationships? You know, like, mm-hmm. I, I'm so discerning with who I'll spend time with. And to me, that's really good self-care and just having really good communication um, with the people in my world. Um, you know, I just, um, I'm saying this, I don't think my parents are going to be listening to this podcast. <laughs> maybe they know. Um, I know, right? But, you know, I just, so I have this thing and this may, you know, erupt a little bit in some of the listeners, but um, I recently, the last couple of years, woke up to like the holiday of Thanksgiving and, and, you know, what, it, like the truth about, you know, what it is. And so not to get up complete topic here, but no. I, in San Francisco, went to a sunrise ceremony for the indigenous people and Michael Franti was there, Naco Medicine was people there. And it was like mm-hmm. one of the most amazing days I mean it started like you take the ferry over to Alcatraz and then you know they have the sunrise um ceremony and they're chanting and they're dancing and it's this mm-hmm. prayer and it's gorgeous and I realized you know in learning about like what's the truth about this holiday which is really you know an officer of, of the indigenous people is like I'm like I just really feel strongly about celebrating that day you know if I'm in, if I could be in the Bay Area like that and doing that and so mm-hmm. I took a stand, right? And to me, this is my self-care of like, I'm going to be with my family for the week before Thanksgiving. And then, because my niece is on my foot, and then I'm going to come back to the Bay Area and do what's really in alignment for me mm-hmm. and my values. And so mm-hmm. that was like a big stand. But, but so there's that, but things like that of like mm-hmm. really and attuning and following my heart every, as much as I can, every moment and speaking the truth in the moment. Um, yeah, I feel like, like I said, self-care is like, I mean, yes, it's going to get a massage and going for walks every day and, you know, eating well and getting good sleep, but it's also just like this way of being. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. 
But that's the art. And that's the part that I love that really is Ayurveda. Like it's the original self-care, right? Because it is yeah. lifestyle and yeah. it includes all, like, I always like put my hand, like visually, like put my hand out and the fingers are all the radiating limbs and ways that they connect because it is all connected. Your boundaries, how you care for yourself. If like, this is what being in alignment really is. And this is what being like having boundaries. And these are things that women, I mean, you know, like I know so few women who have good boundaries. I know so few women who express anger in a healthy way. And I'm not saying like, I'm doing it perfectly and blah, blah, blah. I'm not putting myself on a pedestal. I'm saying I'm super fascinated about that. Like, oh, we live in this society where all of so many of our our familial models don't have these boundaries don't have healthy ways of expressing the full range of emotion and then this is perpetuating so if we're going to be the ones to study and learn and then be the models then we're making choices like you are for your family and thanksgiving and it's it's sort of not the norm in society. And then we have to be able to sit and be with ourselves when we're making those choices that other people don't necessarily understand. Yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. have a lot of women that you're surrounded with in California who, who are similar? Do you have soul support at that level? Because DC, I definitely don't feel that way. <laughs> mm, yeah, I definitely live in like a bubble of like yes. consciousness. And like I give thanks for it all the time because when I do leave the Bay Area and I go out <laughs> into the world and I see like, you know, other um other ways of doing life I'm just like oh my god I'm so blessed and so grateful to be surrounded by mm-hmm. um the high vibration um mm-hmm. like of sisters and, and brothers like the mm-hmm. community here is really it's special I mean of course like you know we can all be you know very human as well but you know I do and I am super like I said discerning with you know I don't need you know a hundred girlfriends I need like you know five that are like my sisters and who I know we've got each other Mm-hmm. Is that one of the reasons you left New York? Why'd you leave New York? Yeah. So, um, well, actually this is, this is something else we have in common is that, so I had two next generation yoga studios in New York city. Um, and I remember when I turned 30, I had these studios open and I was like, I need something that's going to rock my world. Right. Like something that's just going to, you know, give me a little like shake. And so I, I went to Africa and I visited um, three countries in Africa for about three weeks. And I had done yoga with kids there, like very spontaneously and organically. And I realized on that trip that my mission was bigger than just than, than a brick and mortar than yoga studios. And so when I had returned back from Africa, I, you know, also got that little tap on the shoulder and said, it's mm-hmm. time to close the studios and do something different and bigger. And, and so, um, yeah, so it was, that was, I think it was about like, just like an eight, seven or eight months um, timeline about when I closed the studios. And then I also got the same hit. I was like, I want to go and live somewhere else. Like I was pretty, I was pretty complete with the concrete jungle of Manhattan. And, mm-hmm. you know, basically I'd only lived in New Jersey as a kid and New York city as a you know young adult. And I was just really wanting um, some new life. And I was like, I don't want to live on the beach. And I was like, I don't want to live in Florida. Um, what other beach is there? And so, yeah, I had, um, 
I had driven the coastline from San Diego to San Francisco to sort of see where I wanted to land. And um, about six months after I closed the yoga studios, I moved to San Diego. And I lived right on the beach and it was lovely. And it was, you know, again, it was like a, a transition of, of the business model going from mm-hmm. studio to more outreach. And um, was just, I landed in like, you know, the land of yoga in Encinitas, California, which is like the most yoga studios per capita. I didn't really mm-hmm. know that at the time, but, mm-hmm. but it was lovely. And so I lived there for six years and then um, about five and a half years ago, I moved up to the Bay Area. Do you feel a call to leave there or you still feel really at home in the Bay Area? Yeah, I mean, I absolutely love the Bay Area. I love California. When I think about any other place, I'm like, where would I live? And people, you know, have also asked that question. I'm like, are you going to leave California? And like, to me, like I, with Next Generation Yoga, one of the greatest things about the company is like, you could run it from anywhere. Like literally Mm -hmm. I run Mm -hmm. it from like overseas, you know, Mm -hmm. New York, California. So um, I don't know that me selling the company has anything to do with where I'll, I'll move. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's a nut, like, like a separate conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, which again, I think will, will likely, um, become clear for me once I have a little space to really yeah. choose. Yeah. I was just curious if you're like, I'm feeling a desire to move to Bali or, you know, I mean, you never know, right? Minneapolis. Minneapolis. <laughs> Minneapolis. Maybe. I hear good things about Minneapolis. And because my, you know, Mel's in real estate. So like, we're never leaving DC. Like it's just how yeah. it is. And I've always known that, that like anyone who doesn't have that kind of tie, I'm always like, where might you go next? Because it's yeah. so like dreamy to me <laughs> to, to, I'm just like that. That's the opposite of my experience yeah. or that option. Location independence is definitely a gift that I have you know, again, I didn't have any education on it. Like no one said to me, like, this is how you built a business. And that's why I'm so passionate about helping other people. To I know. It. I mean, listen, hey, yeah. if I could do it, anybody could do it. Girl, that's what I say all the time. I taught kindergarten. My degree is in education, K to six. Yes. Yeah. If I can figure it out, I am not like, it, it is that Buddhist teaching. We are not so special. Like, it, you know, it really is. Exactly. Um, Okay. So to wrap up, I just want to hear sort of your final wisdom and thoughts around someone's listening to this. They are going through in their own life, um, some decisions, some decision-making, um, and they're feeling stuck or they're feeling scared. What would you mm-hmm. say to them? How would you help mm-hmm. them? Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. Well, first off, I would say like the fear is normal. Like you can't like, for a moment, I would never say that I'm not scared doing mm-hmm. what I'm doing right mm-hmm. now. Like that's just like the human experience. And I would say like, welcome the fear. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like she's invited, he's invited to come on, uh, along for the ride, you know? And then it's of course, like, does the fear stop you? And of course that's not the goal. So, um, so yeah, like let fear come on board, like totally welcome for the experience and recognize fear and like lean into the fear and feel the fear. Um, and I would also say like, you don't have to do this alone. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, I'm sure you, you feel similarly, you know, as a mentor of like, mm-hmm. 
aligning yourself with other people who get you, who understand and who can really support you through the process. I mean, it is so important to have mentors, coaches, family, emotional mm-hmm. support, strategy support, you know, people who can help you with like the task that you need to do to get through. So like making sure like you've got your tribe um, and, mm-hmm. you know, especially, you know, a mentor coach, someone who's mm-hmm. going to guide you through the process. Um, let me see if there's anything else. And then I would just probably say like, listen, you know, I mean, like I said, like I had years of like, ah, I don't want to hear that thing, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like when Mel said she's close to you and you went, mm-hmm. you know, enraged. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, take your time in listening and trusting this, trusting the path of life that, you know, ultimately you're not going to be able to ignore that voice anymore because, mm-hmm. because of this very potent time that we're all living in right now. It's like, we're all being called to step up and step into mm-hmm. our greatest purpose and how we could serve. And so I would just say like, trust the process, trust mm-hmm. life has you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for being honest. Thank you for doing your work and sharing it and being brave and being such a wonderful leader and mentor Um And I just think right now I have the chills because I'm just sitting here, I'm looking out this window and I'm thinking about Jody, the thousands and thousands and thousands of children and families who have been impacted by your work. Mm. Like your ripple is so beyond I mean, you wrote the essential guide. What did you, the, what's it, what is the series? The Complete Idiots Guide? <laughs> yeah, The Complete right? Idiots Guide to Yoga with Kids. Like, I, that book, Joan, I had like highlighted and turned over when I was a classroom teacher. Like, I got to figure this out. And you're going to make me cry. I mean, because I really want you to hear that. I want you to know it. I want you to feel it. That our evolving, our um, shifting, and changing does not take away the profound impact that we've had and that you have had on families and introducing people to yoga in a playful, fun, meaningful, healthy way. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being you and showing up. Thank you so much. Those words really, you know, land. It's very easy to like, you know, spiral down the the vortex of like you know now I'm done you know career sounds yep. like just to remember that like what I have done in the lives I have touched it continues yes. on and so yes. thank you so much and it's really important for us to sell as women celebrate that celebrate the experiences and the work that we've done and put out in the world and remember and honor that I just I think it's super important so thank you for everything I hope I get to see you in real life soon um, big hugs and kisses. Love you. And keep us updated on your journey. Okay. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, love Joan. you. Okay. Love yeah. you. Bye. Bye.